Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Women in Power podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue, and today we have Brittany Frederick with us. We're going to go over her new endeavor, real estate investing, and also how she balances having a full-time job and being an entrepreneur. So I'm super excited to chat today. Awesome. I'm really excited to be here with you. My awesome. first podcast. <laughs> Yay! Well, it'll be easy, I promise. It'll be nice and fun. So awesome. to start, um, tell us a little bit about you and what you're currently doing. Yeah, sure. So as Bree mentioned, I am currently a full-time finance manager for a company out of Chicago, but recently started dabbling in real estate investing as well as another um, coaching business I do with my boyfriend, Travis, uh, called Fit Movement. So, That's super cool. I had no idea you did that too. Yeah. I know you're a vegan bodybuilder, right? That is correct. Yeah, we have we share that passion together of vegan bodybuilding. And, um, you know, this is kind of like our way to give back and help people um, you know, understand their nutrition and just get on a better path to, you know, it impacts every area of your life. So that's so cool. So how long have you been a vegan? If you don't mind me asking. Vegan, I've been vegan uh, since 2020, but vegetarian since I was 15. So well over 16 years or so. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. And then how long did you, when, how did you get into bodybuilding? That's something I want to talk a little bit about today too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I was actually a runner growing up. I ran in high school and college um, and ran after college and marathons and things, just kind of races on the weekends, um, but injured myself training for a marathon. I sprained an ankle, which ended up really upheaving my, my training for a while. It took a while to recover. Um, and so I wasn't able to run or every time I tried, it would just it'd flare up the ankle and it wasn't good. So I had to find something else to do. And lifting became that thing. Um, I joined a vegan coaching program, like eight-week challenge thing to kind of learn how to lift. And from there, it just kind of inspired uh, me to go into bodybuilding. The coaches for that program were also vegan bodybuilders. So it's kind of a natural transition. Oh, that's so cool. So did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I... Did not. I, well, when I think back to it, I guess the first time I've ever been an entrepreneur is probably at age six. <laughs> I set up a lemonade stand in my house, selling my mom's, you know, Kool-Aid to my family members. But <laughs> that was probably not a thrilling success. Uh, but I did not know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I actually, when I was in high school age and growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. And, um, you know, my mentors at the time were my coaches and my teachers. So I really identified with them. Um, and I went to, I entered college in a teaching program. That was the plan. By some wild chance, the teaching program at my school was canceled. And I kind of found myself having to find a new path, which speaks a little bit to my mindset at the time, because I was able to let that change at my school really dictate where I was going to go for the rest of my life, because I was being paid to run on scholarship at that school. And I didn't feel like I could go anywhere else and accomplish college. Um, So anyway, I fell into finance and accounting, which ended up being a great fit for me. I really liked learning about the world in that way, um, learning about how businesses are ran and how the money flows. And I'm also pretty detail-oriented, and 
analytical. So it was a natural fit. Well, that's super cool. Well, you're still doing that teaching, right? Just in a different way than you expected because now you're a coach. Exactly. Yeah. And I like to share a lot in my, on my pro, uh, my socials and things. So it's kind they of do a great job on your social media too. You give so much value. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's actually talk a little bit about your social media stuff. So I know a lot of women or just people in general really struggle to share their story and to write posts online. Where do you get the inspiration to post from? And kind of have you always been a good writer? How's that kind of worked for you? That's a really good question. And the answer is no. And I still struggle with it every day. So that's a great compliment. I appreciate that. Um, I have probably over the last several years, really got into journaling just from like a mindset, you know, fighting overwhelm in my life kind of perspective. So I spend a lot of time kind of calming the carousel of things in my head by writing it down. And so by doing that, I naturally have a lot of content. Um, You know, I'm always kind of thinking and writing. Um, And I developed that really from a coach that I had um, a few years ago who stressed the importance of having a morning routine, getting up on the right foot, you know, having your water, journaling, and then visualizing your day. And I really, truly still practice that and made a big difference. That's awesome. Yeah, I've always talked about journaling and I hear over and over again. And I'm like, one of these days I need to start. And I literally bought one and I just cannot get it into my routine. I do not like writing for the life of me, but I think I really, I really do. You're like the 10th person that said it to me at this point. It's like, <laughs> come on, you got to get it. <laughs> I got to do some journaling. <laughs> the part that was hard for me at first is just like overcoming perfectionism and like writing. And, you know, I always try to control, you know, what the thoughts that are coming out, but I had to really write myself a permission slip at the beginning of the journal and just say, like, this is going to be imperfect. You're going to misspell things. Your thoughts are going to sound crazy sometimes. Like, just, you know, just do it. No, I really like that. Giving yourself permission to, you know, not like everything be perfect. Uh, I think most people struggle. I want to say most people struggle with perfectionism, but I guess this is, I know I struggle with that. So I assume everybody does. <laughs> like, oh, it's always, it's a hard thing to get over, especially when you're a new entrepreneur and you're like, oh, you know, you're so worried about the message you're bringing out to the world. It's, it can be so hard to be like, it doesn't matter if it's perfect, just get it out there anyways, because it matters more that it's in the world versus not yeah. in your head. That's a really good way to put that. Well stated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so what were some of your biggest setbacks and struggles when you first kind of jumped into this journey? I would say mindset is a big one. Um, and like I kind of alluded to fighting overwhelm. Um, I'm a full-time manager. I have like these different things I'm juggling. If I don't get control of those and gain focus, I can kind of go off the rails. And I used to have a lot of anxiety growing up and this is just, something I've had to learn how to, I've had to build tools uh, to fight that basically. And so some of the things that I've done is develop this toolbox of like, I work out every day. That really helps me calm my nervous system and start the day off right. Um, I journal, I do visualization. If I'm in the middle of my day and I feel overwhelmed, like I'm going to pause and just breathe for a second and just have that moment for myself. Um, but getting back to present time is important. So sometimes it's just getting outside with my dog for a walk or petting my cat. Like all those things really help contribute to fighting, feeling overwhelmed. They do for sure. I know for me, it's always like, if I feel overwhelmed, I just like, I know I need to move my body. And that's something that's always been consistent for me. Um, and I've noticed that 
not even like depressed, but I noticed that I was feeling really down and I didn't even like think about it. And it's because it was cold here and I wasn't able to go outside as much as I normally was. Like I love to just lay on my hammock in the sun for, you know, 15 minutes on my break or read a chapter of my book outside. And I haven't been able to do that. And this past week I happened, I was like, oh, I've been feeling so much more like myself lately. And I didn't, didn't even realize it's just some sunshine. Yeah, absolutely. That's made a big difference moving to Texas, actually, from Chicago. I used to get pretty, like, they call it sad, seasonal depression, basically. Um, can definitely relate to that. Right, yeah. Seasonal depression is so real. And then um, I know my sister is up in New England still, and she's like, oh, it's snowing here. And I was like, oh, it feels like spring here. As well, I was like, I did a whole post this morning, <laughs> and I was like, it feels like spring. I feel bad for you guys where it's snowing. But I feel like for me, like, it just feels so much better now. Right. <laughs> um. So let's talk a little bit about your real estate endeavors. And this next question, uh, has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days? I know you just had an incident you shared about your water heater. Um, would you mind sharing <laughs> that with us and kind of how you handled the whole situation? Yeah, absolutely. So um wasn't even my water heater, actually, after learning. But oh. my contractor, I'm managing two rehabs right now, my very first rental property investment. And so, yeah, they can be stressful. I'm over budget. Like that can start to feel uh, overwhelming. But one morning my contractor got on site and he sent me this video of this water heater that's like sticking out of a fence. Like it's kind of halfway in my property and halfway out. Um, and he's like, I found this this morning this way. Like they also broke into your house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what have they done? Uh, they ended up stealing like I don't know, of all things, a plastic tub surround they ripped off the wall and walked out with it. So I actually got really lucky because that morning I purchased all of the flooring for the houses. And so if that had been in the house, like that would have been a, a way major loss. So I was able to secure the house and, you know, get my stuff together before I had anything actually valuable in the house. So, um, but immediately, I don't know, I guess. Maybe it was because it was minimal damage or whatever, but we we figured out how it happened. We kind of like made a plan to not let it happen again. Um, and I thought about the neighbor immediately who has a house sitting there vacant, which is where they stole the water heater from. And um, I thought, you know, I wonder what his plans are for this house. So I ended up searching for him on like True People Search or whatever, found a few phone numbers that could be his. I called and texted all of them. Um, regarding the water heater and he ended up reaching back out where I could introduce myself, tell him what happened and then ask him for the, you know, what his plans are for his house. And um, he was actually interested in entertaining offers because it's a giant project that he wasn't able to currently prioritize. And so I got off the phone, kind of did some research and made him an offer that day on the house um, to which he didn't accept, but seeds are planted. So that's right kind of how sure. that went. <laughs> That's so cool. And you said you're doing two flips right now? I am, yeah. I bought two houses in one transaction for my first. So. Oh, so cool. And you're doing them simultaneously, like at the same exact time. Yeah, I got lucky. The, the contractor has a crew and he's able to work on them both at the same time. That is awesome. Yeah, flips can be, can be very overwhelming. Um, we do flips ourselves and... Yeah, the little things can go wrong and it can cost you a lot of money. And I've learned that you got to like, you know, not take it. So I took it so personal in the beginning and I was like, why did I not do this due diligence on this house? Or what did I do wrong? Um, you know, did I not do my numbers right? Because uh, we actually just lost money in our last flip, which, you know, looking back, you know, we made a lot of mistakes that we 
will not make next time. Um, yeah, flips can be so overwhelming. That's more yeah. of a story. They can be very overwhelming, but they're so rewarding. Um, and your flips already look great. I've seen you post a couple of pictures mm-hmm. online too. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. And I may have over rehabbed some areas and went over budget, but I've definitely learned a lot in the process, like you said. So are you going to keep them or what's your plan with them? My plan is to keep them. So they're going to be rentals. So hopefully I'm renting them out next month. Nice. That's so exciting. So what made you want to get into real estate? I'm watching my boyfriend, actually. Uh, He is a much more experienced real estate investor, and we've been dating a few years, and I've been watching him do this, and I've been learning the lingo, and I kind of just felt like one day, why can't this be me? Um, And so he's been very generous to teach me and kind of show me the ropes, but um, yeah, I'm just very intrigued by it all. I love the idea of going into a community, taking these bad houses, as you say, improving them and making great homes for people. I think it's so rewarding. And yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited about it. It is so rewarding. It's very true, right? It's like you're taking this home that really needs some love and we're making it better. You are making the community better, right? By putting your money up for it and hopefully you make a profit. But especially when you're doing birds like you are, sometimes it can take a while to actually make a profit, which is uh, another hard thing to you know think about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But you come from the finance world. So how are those worlds kind of merged for you? And, you know, is that helping you with your real estate investing stuff? It is. So I have made hundreds of models in my financial career. So I, you know, I I build uh, cost models and new business models for the company I work for. And buying a house is just kind of like buying another little business. Like, you know, I'm pretty good and organized at keeping all my numbers right and keeping tabs on them. So. I think that'll that'll do a lot of good for me going forward. For sure. All right. And then one last question. How are you about planning your day out? So I know you work full time. You got these two rehabs going on. You're also a fitness coach. You got a lot of things going on. How do you actually plan your day out to make sure you have like your priority all in one place at the same time? That's a good question. And I'm always trying to improve at it. But I like to keep I have a journal, but I also have a planner and I'm someone who's old school and likes to write things down, but (laughs) I will make priorities for my week and goals for my week. And then I'll write down the steps I need to get there in different days in my planner. And so I'll review that in the morning when I do my journaling um, and make my plan. But really, I mean, I work a pretty regular nine to five ish job or earlier or later, you know, um, but a very regular full time job. Um, most of the time I'm doing my real estate stuff, um, on the weekends is when I'm checking in or after work, I'm searching for properties and things. So, uh, fitness wise, really, uh, most of that work occurs on Sundays as well. And we do check-ins with clients. So yeah, it's a lot, but I guess I don't have many just relax days at all. Um, could definitely work on that balance, but yeah, it's gonna be hard too. I know, like for a long time, I was like, I'm gonna work every day, and then I finally was like, I can't do this every day. So now we take Sundays yeah. completely off, and we um we do like our planning and stuff on Sundays, but like from we don't actually do like any actual work on Sundays anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually really helped us just you know be more relaxed and start their week off fresh. Um, because you need some breaks sometimes too. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So do you have any tips for women who want to start, um, say, real estate investing or start being a coach or just start their entrepreneurship journey in general? 
good question. And I don't know if it's specific to women in real estate, but really in anything that you're kind of pursuing, I would say the biggest difference for me has been gaining proximity to people who are doing what I want to do, um, even if you have to pay for it. So and, and just even similar to that, like getting into a community of people who are doing what you want to, or, you know, on the same journey, even at the same level as you trying to get to the same place. Um, cause I feel that the biggest difference between where you are now and where you really want to be is all mindset is what I'm learning from these experts. And so getting around the people who have that mindset already, who can see your potential, who are thinking big, it just changes your whole paradigm. And yeah, it just makes a big difference. It does for sure. And we actually met through Apex too, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, that's originally how, you know, we met Travis and yourself is through Apex. And Apex is a great place to actually meet people from, you know, some crazy successful people, people just starting their journeys. Um, yeah, it's been a really great resource for us. Mind-blowing. Right. <laughs> Right. It's just crazy because it's like, oh, these people are so nice. And, you know, and they have like these, you know, couple million dollar businesses and I'm just starting and they're willing to help me out, which is a really cool thing. No, I don't think I've ever had somebody be like, no, I can't, you know, I won't answer that question for you. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're so genuine down to earth and they've been in our shoes maybe not very long ago. And so they're always willing to extend a hand and I'm always humbled by it. Exactly. I love that. So what's your favorite book? Um, my favorite book is going to be hard. I've read a lot of books, but recent favorites, I think, have been anything by David Goggins has really gotten me going. Um, I think it's called uh, Can't Hurt Me is his first book. Never finished is the second. But he, I don't know, just he's gone to into some deep places, dark places, and has really come out with a story that's been a gift for everybody. Um, I find him just fascinating and how his brain works and how he's overcome. So that's probably my favorite. It's, it's brought me to tears, probably both books. So I have not finished the second one, but I'm like halfway through. But the first one can't hurt me. Um, amazing book. Oh my goodness. I've read that one, a, I want to say twice now. And just, uh-huh. he's gives so much knowledge in it. And I love them. Um, did you listen to them or did you read them? I listened to them both. Yeah. It's like, I love that he does like the podcast afterwards. Uh, it's yeah. just so great. Um yeah, right. No matter where you come from or what circumstances are in your way, you know, I always think David Goggins like, come on, fucking do it. Push through. <laughs> They're very actionable, too. He Every chapter is structured with a, a task, basically, for you to do as you go. So, yeah, they do. So, I know I had them like uh, the sticky notes written about, you know, my mirror for a while and try to do all the different things. Uh, yeah, I got to go back and actually look at what those were, though. That's a good it's a good actionable thing. I ended up buying his second book in paperback. So I do that a lot. I'll listen to books. And if I really like it and want to like get my fingers in the pages, I'll buy it as well. So. Oh, me too. For me, it's just a trophy. You know, like I need that trophy to sit yeah. on my desk. You know, I love books in general. So like I have lots of bookshelves and I was like, oh, if I listen to something and I really love it, I'm like, I need the physical copy just to, you know, yeah. put in there. <laughs> I like it. Cool. And how can people connect with you? So I'm actually on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I'm trying to get more active on. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram as Brit.Frederick. Um, the other two just as Brittany Frederick. So Awesome. Definitely. Everybody should definitely follow you. You really do give some great advice. And you're definitely uh, helping me become a better copywriter too. So I'm reading your post. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Trying to share the journey from where I am. So you'll get a lot of newbie advice. 
Right. I love that. And that is so great. Exactly. I think that's a whole secret to social media is just sharing where you are and not just sharing the highlights, actually sharing like the struggles you're going through too. Cause a lot of people just want to put their highlight reel on there. Um, and I just don't think that's the way to go. You know, you got to share both because it's a lot more relatable and people are going to understand, you know, like the hard times, not just the good times. We owe it to them to tell them about everything. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. We do owe it to them, right? Owe it to our audience into ourselves, right? To get it out of our heads and onto paper. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast.